Audio Cam with Cam Scotland. Bridge differences with mediation. Okay, uh, welcome to Audio Cam. My name's Scott Doherty, and I'm here today with Anne Dick of Family Law Matters in Glasgow, one of the accredited mediators of uh, Cam Scotland. Um, and indeed was the very first solicitor uh, in Scotland accredited uh, by the Law Society of Scotland uh, in mediation. So it's uh, great to have you on OreoCam. Thanks for speaking to us today. You're welcome. So I thought, uh, given that you were one of the, the co-founders uh, of CAM Scotland, it would be a, 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 perhaps a good idea to talk about how you get into mediation yourself. Well, when I started doing law, there actually wasn't a huge amount of divorce happening so that was in the 1970s and as I did my introduction into law I realised that family law was very interesting was very important to get right mattered hugely to the people involved and was becoming an increasing um, feature of society because it had become such a big feature only recently and as I did law there wasn't too much research about really what impact there was on children So it was only during probably the late 70s and early 80s that people began to be aware of what an impact it was having on children. And as that research came out, there was more in the way of um, a a sense that something better would have to happen than the the rather um, adversarial system that was being used at that time. So there were initiatives all over the place trying to look at a better way of dealing with things. And there was a final report sort of recommended mediation. So what was going on was that within the UK, people including particularly Lisa Parkinson were really actively trying to do pilots about working in mediation. And there were organisations of little committees all over the place trying to get that up and running. And I was involved in it as a committee member to try and get one up and running in what was then Strathclyde. And against this background, more and more research was showing how much it mattered to get it right for children going through separation. So it was, a, it was something that was an ever-increasingly important thing to, to tackle. So I was very pleased that a service got up and running in Strathclyde. And I then had the great good fortune to see a very charismatic and, and just a very, very special kind of mediator called John Haynes uh, did a training so I saw him and he gave a demonstration of doing mediation and it just occurred to me that actually the the knowledge that we have as lawyers uh, could be so much better channeled through that kind of route than the adversarial system that we were working in and why shouldn't we as lawyers also uh, make our information and, and what we knew available to people in that helpful way. So I was very keen to actually then start training, which I, I did train as a, as a mediator, as a non-lawyer mediator, and increasingly they felt that it would be so much of benefit for um, separating couples to be able to use mediation to get access to the, the more legal elements as well. So I, I trained in a system in England where there were lawyer and non-lawyer mediators working together, and then uh, devised with Lisa Parkinson, of course, that could be run in Scotland yes. to train mediators. And so you mentioned their um, research and uh, also a US mediator. Is it fair to say that we were a wee bit behind the curve uh, and were looking at other jurisdictions uh, for that kind of information? I think there was a lot of, a, a lot of stuff going on at the same time. We did um, certainly benefit from people in the US and Canada doing things ahead of us. 
but there was mediation in China thousands of years ago. I think there's just been ebbs and flows of how people resolve disputes and uh, the research in particular that was coming out was from America and probably that meant that they did they did start this search for a practical route uh, perhaps uh, ahead of us. But it's been a very helpful worldwide kind of movement yes. that there's been a lot of cooperative um, just sharing of skills and information over the, the decades that have followed. So that's really what's happened is that there's a huge amount of shared knowledge and experience that's constantly a work in progress. I mean, everybody's still trying to uh, really make it as helpful as possible for families separating and as accessible and just get word out that it's there. So yes. it's it remains a work in progress and we'll probably always do so because we're always learning and and being able to evolve. That's right. So how did CAM Scotland come about? After after I had um, discussed with Lisa Parkinson how we might be able to train solicitors in Scotland, she came up and did a training course in Scotland. There were about 16 people involved. We had a, a great deal of help and encouragement from our law society up here, so there was a, a, a really sense of goodwill about trying to get this up and running. And at the end of the course, all the people that were involved recognised just what a a challenging and interesting thing we were all embarking on in developing family mediation by by lawyers to do all issues like that. And so we all thought it would be helpful to uh, just develop that as as an organisation and so we were trying to think of good names for it and one person did we were all looking around the acronyms for what we were were, so we thought of family law accredited mediators but that would have been flame Flame. and we thought that probably wasn't (laughs) the best possible one and then somebody else who said well we're calm accredited lawyer mediators Mm. so that's calm Uh Uh comprehensive accredited lawyer mediators became calm and has remained so and everybody was very delighted with that, yes. And after the organisation was formed, right about that time, the family law legislation, was that all being negotiated at the time as well? Not too long after that, mm. there was the great good fortune for us uh, that we got, uh, in fact, we've got great help in Scotland for mediation from the two big planks of law to do with uh, financial provision when people divorce and also to do with how to sort sort things out about children if people separate. So the two big areas of law are both tremendously couched in language that is totally, totally consistent with mediation because in 95 it became um, a completely new regime for children because instead of being custody and access it was completely changed uh, and it wasn't just changed in the words, it was changed to make it clear that both parents remained um, with the same status in law and that practical arrangements should be called residence and contact underline that it was a complete move away from one parent at being the one that really had power and the other one had the crumbs from the table. So it was an enormous change to try and make both parents recognise what they had was a responsibility to get it right for their children. It wasn't fighting over power, it was actually trying to allocate responsibility for the I mean, the hard and rewarding word work that's involved in bringing up children. So that 95 legislation was very good 
um, for, for mediation in Scotland because it, it gives the whole sense of this being something where it's to do with a dialogue about children, not a fight. Yes. And the stuff about financial provision in Scotland has, has just been so good since the 1985 Act because it's encouraging a sense of a fair sharing of uh, what has been built up and there's certain discretionary areas as a core thing and the whole thing works so well and to, again in terms of a dialogue not a fight it encourages people to do that yes. so the black letter law and the mediation process are just terribly much uh, complementary very much of assistance that they do justice to one another in a very good way yes it sounds like a lot of work uh, still had to go into to that uh, to get it to that stage what were the, the main challenges you came across over the years the main challenges probably within the profession have been that there's undoubtedly a culture of negotiation in Scotland, not litigation, so that lawyers would always imagine that they were helping people to sort things out between themselves. And that's a terrific um, accolade for Scottish system generally that our approach has always been to try to resolve things by agreement. And sometimes within the profession... Uh, it's it's hard for us all as lawyers to recognise the difference between negotiating on behalf of someone and to allow the people involved to negotiate direct with assistance. Yes. And it seems quite a subtle thing and it's as profound as you can get because it's all about that real sense of self-determination that people can get if they're able to step up to that mark and, and have a more direct input to what, and after all it is, their lives are going to be like. Yes. Uh, so that's probably within the profession that would have been the the, the, the challenge in really explaining the difference between uh, negotiation and, and mediation and for the, the public it's, uh, obviously going through separation is, is such an enormously challenging thing uh, there's such a lot of fear there's a loss is, is just around in e- the ending of any relationship because it means something you hoped would go one way hasn't so there's a lot of, uh, just a lot of feelings that make it probably quite understandable that at some point people would actually just like to feel that they're kind of handing it over to someone, getting it sorted or getting a buffer. Uh, but in fact, I think what would tend to happen uh, is that people then realise it's, it's their lives that <laughs> they're going to be dealing <laughs> yes. with and actually... It's better to be assisted to get to the place where you have the ability to have the assistance about the information that you need and assistance about how you can have the right kind of discussion and carve out your own life rather than get something that is kind of slightly slightly cobbled together by what other people think might suit you. So that's probably that's the challenge for the, the public is to maybe understand how you can be helped to get over the very understandable uh, sense that it's t- it is a big big ask for people to do this, yes. but the the rewards are enormous because it is your own bespoke life, and that's what you want, and that's what in the end it's going to be. That's right. To find out how mediation can help you, follow us at Cam Scotland on Twitter, Facebook, and Google Plus, or visit camscotland.co.uk. Uh, over the years, have you found that the the idea about mediation 
as a, a, another way of looking at you, the dispute that you have with your, your ex-partner, for example. It, has it been an easier sale, or is it an, e an easier sale now than it was back in the 1980s and 1990s, do you think? Oh, there's considerably more information around now. Fantastically so. So it comes down to information. There's much more acceptance of it as a, a route that people have heard about at the very beginning. It actually tended to be called conciliation, and there was regular confusion between conciliation and reconciliation. So the earlier services were called conciliation services. People would be saying, no, I, you know, the marriage really is over. I'm not going to try and make it work because it's not going to work. And you had to overcome this barrier of people thinking that it was something to do with couple counselling. I think we've put that one completely behind us. Uh, so that was a big assistance. In England, there has been uh, a much more really robust uh, attempt to get mediation as a definite route that people have to think about, uh, particularly originally when they were going to get legal aid. But it meant that there was much more talk about it and much more actual... It was, it was built into more processes, and they certainly found there that when people had to find out about it, many people... I mean, a very high number of people would go on and use it. Yes. Uh, so it tended to support this idea that some people were still not aware of the option. Uh, I think I, I do know that there was a point where people had people that were going through separation almost had an, a kind of not particularly enthusiastic feeling, but a, a feeling that in some way it had to be dealt with uh, by court. Yes. People would sort of almost come with that expectation. Where do you think that comes from? Is it? I mean, you see a lot of newspaper reports about the big cases, yes. uh, particularly down south and yes. the settlements and so on. Do you think that helps or doesn't? In the case? I think that's where a lot of those assumptions come from because in fact very, very few cases ever have to be decided in court but they are the ones mm -hmm. that people hear about and so it's very understandable that when you're not going through a separation you don't really think about how people do it and then when you are the things you're latching onto are probably reports of rather florid and often ridiculous, I mean, just high-value ones of a scale that in Scotland we probably would very rarely, rarely get anyway. So it just is a horrible combination of things that you only really pay attention when you, you need to, and then the things that you hear about are probably not helpful and in most cases not relevant for your own yes. circumstances. So I think that's that has certainly been the case that people have heard about it and people are always surprised, clients are always surprised when you say very few cases have to be decided in court. Yes. That, that is a, a definite source of surprise. Uh, so information, information, information out there is the, the key right. thing. And you mentioned, uh, obviously, what's happened down south uh, with the, the change of the law and so on. Parties have to go for the, the, the first introductory meeting and that kind of idea. Do you see that happening up in Scotland? There has been a certain amount of flirtation with that idea, <laughs> I think. It doesn't seem to be quite uh, coming into the public zone, though, because that would be, a, that would be a, not just to do with lawyers individually, the government would need to feel that that was something that should be done and to the best of my knowledge that's not firming up into mm. a definite purpose and in England the idea is people are going for information sessions to try to work out the best route because somet sometimes it could be courts, I mean this is a thing that it's important for some, for us all to, to take on board that are involved in mediation that 
mediation is a, a very, very good route uh, for the people it suits. There are a, usually in a, a smaller minority of people that really should be in court. Uh, so it's these information sessions are to try to let people get a sense of what's the best route. What we're aware of is, uh, as from this discussion, makes it clear that people are kind of are coming into it with a slightly from the wrong end of the telescope because we know that it's unlikely that people will need to be in court, but we need to capture what the yes. ones that are and make sure they get the safety of the court structure. What we know is that the people who don't know about mediation are the ones that are being missed from all of this and how important it is. And I don't think, at the, as far as I'm aware, there's no clear government plan for that same information session idea to be um, made available up here. Yes. So uh, looking forward to the, uh, the next five or ten years for mediation in Scotland, do you see any changes from where we are at the moment? I suppose the changes I see are to do with the fact that once information starts becoming more in the public arena, that is likely to kind of expand exponentially. So I I feel there is more mediation happening recently as more information is kind of filtering up a bit, perhaps from England, is becoming... So I, I see that even without government intervention as uh, a route which will f- follow of its own, really, is this... The, this the dispersal of information and that all of us as organisations should be doing what we can to let the public know that what's on offer but that that, that wouldn't be quite such perhaps an, a kind of voice in the, in the wilderness that yes. had been at the very start where people really hadn't any knowledge. I think it's coming in the back of a lot more general discussion. That's right. Are there other jurisdictions and countries doing it better than we are, do you think? I think there are some cultures where this idea of um, the, the idea that you will be involved in your own decision making seems a lot of the Scandinavian countries seem to have that as a more kind of a norm in their whole approach that there will be planned arrangements that will involve both parents and that it's just part of what what you do. I think there is more of a cultural acceptance of of that where perhaps in our community that hasn't been quite so much the case I think everybody though from I've spoken to mediators from all over the place and they uh, they all report the same kind of challenges and the same kind of rewards and the same kind of frustrations about not always having people hearing about it so I don't think there's it's not a kind of root and branch difference it's a question of degree in Scotland, um, uh, unlike some other countries, um, we have mediators, for example, in CAM Scotland, who are accredited by a law society. Um, so they're lawyer mediators. What would you say to um, parties who might look at us uh, and say, well, you know, it's a lawyer I'm dealing with rather than a mediator? That's an interesting question. I would hope that people can see that it can be helpful where you've got a family law dispute to have legal knowledge in the room with you, uh, in particularly, for example, if you're dealing with financial matters, uh, there can often be great help from having a broad idea about the, the legal structure and that if that's actually there while you're doing the discussion, it informs the discussion in a really helpful way so that although you're not going to get advice within mediation, the legal information is a powerful powerful force in assisting people 
reach arrangements that then will become capable of being turned into binding agreements through their advising lawyers. So I would hope that would be seen as a definite advantage. And in dealing with children, there are situations where my sense is that there are some uh, couples that find it very reassuring that there are people dealing as mediators, that you've got a mediator who has actually got, again, the knowledge of how these things are dealt with in different um, in a different arena. Because, again, it's not to give advice, but sometimes people would like the information then and there about, well, you know, what does happen if you do this or the next thing? So it's I, I have a, a hope that people can, can see that and see it's a, an extra bit of yes. advantage to them to have that. It's finding that balance, though, I suppose. You, you, looking at the, the, the mediator, the lawyer mediator in the room as a source of information um, as well as assistance in the conversation. But at the same time, what you're saying is in mediation, it's still your issue. Um, to resolve, uh, and what the mediator is there to do is to, to help that conversation along. Yes, information is often of powerful assistance in allowing people to make those decisions. Where people are going around in circles, it can often be because they haven't got some kind of information, whether it's to do with values for things or knowledge of timetables for Joe or some, something that isn't shared information. And so bringing in information about legal matters can be one of the things that stops people's wheel spinning really because it just brings a, a concrete bit of information into the into the dialogue so yes. I, I think that's where it can be really helpful and that, I mean it's obviously it's going to be also a matter of a cost issue because uh, lawyer mediators don't receive any form of, of government funding so it's it's a question of having to actually pay uh, you the lawyer mediator, uh, and although that can be done through legal aid, so uh, I suppose that could be described as as a kind of government funding thing. Uh, it's that issue is going to be how how mediation is paid for is going yes. to be a matter that uh, people will want to take into account, and that's very understandable too. Uh, certainly, um, having spoken with Helen Hughes um, in a previous interview, she mentioned about the cost mediation uh, and a lot of people worry uh, about uh, going to lawyers and losing all their money uh, to the lawyers rather than to uh, their ex-partner or, or spouse. What would you say about that in relation to mediation? It's always better if people use what resources they've got to build for the future. That's undoubtedly the case and I think family lawyers, although I appreciate it might not always be easy for the public to believe this, but family lawyers get satisfaction from helping people to do that and to invest in a, in a good future. And that investment sometimes involves paying for the kind of uh, knowledge and the skills that make you get the planning correct. Uh, because in most cases, you're going to uh, people going through mediation will want a binding contract at the end of it. Lawyers are the ones that draw those up. Mediators don't. So if you've got a mediator who can really allow you to think through what you're doing uh, in terms of the plans that you want the lawyers to translate into a contract, if that can be really well joined up, then the investment in both mediation and the lawyer bit is going to be uh, a very much more seamless one than if you don't cover all these points that the lawyers will then want to check and say, yes. well, did you think of this? Did you think of that? 
So the idea would be that you share legal costs for part of the process um, to make the whole investment as good a one for the family as possible. And that's what I would like to see lawyer mediation work as. Yes. Excellent. Well, it's been great talking to you today, Anne. Thanks for uh, talking to us. And you've been listening to AudioCam. You've been listening to AudioCam with Cam Scotland. For more interviews and links to our mediators, subscribe on iTunes and thanks for listening.